Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the sixth episode of Invest in Bulgaria. Today, we are with Jen and Mikko Katsev. They are a newlywed couple who moved from Silicon Valley, California, to start their own honey company here in Bulgaria. Welcome, guys. Hello, everyone. Hi, thank you for having us. Oh, it's so great to have you. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. So did you ever imagine that you'll be running your own honey company and especially in Bulgaria? Most definitely no, because, <laughs> um, because for me, honey and beekeeping was never in my future because I'm actually allergic to bees. Oh, wow. I developed that allergy when I was a young, like little kid, mm -hmm. like 11. And um, that was just not anything that I will consider doing because it's threatening my life. <laughs> um, but then, right after our wedding last year, in March, we were at that real estate investment conference where we met some really inspiring people uh, and through conversations with them, the idea for Bu the Bulgarian Honey Company was born and it just pulled us into action and then my allergy was not, not any more consideration. Um, and I started doing allergy shots now here in Bulgaria. My nurse actually is <laughs> my wife. <laughs> She's injecting me with poison twice a week. Which I think is pretty crazy because back in the States, I used to get allergy shots for um, other things that I'm allergic to. And the uh -huh. way they do it is very, very um, rigid. <laughs> you have to go to the hospital. Um, you have to pre-dose, you have to stay there for 30 minutes and make sure you don't have a reaction. And if you're behind a day or something, if the schedule's off, then they set you back and it's very controlled. Versus mm -hmm. here, we go to the clinic, they tell us to order our own poison. And oh, they wow. <laughs> basically show me how to inject Mitco. I never practice and I go home and I just have to figure it out. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I think I think the vows are until death do us apart, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding, but I, I'm just curious, uh, Jane. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you overcome together very quickly the deadly threat of Mitko's allergy, but still, that's a big decision, right? Not just to move to a different country, Bulgaria, yeah. and I. That's the home country of Mitko, but still to, to start your own uh, clinic company. I mean, those are two big decisions in one. I had to overcome some different things to make this decision. For me, before moving to Bulgaria, I had tried to start three businesses and none of them took off. So I got myself in a lot of debt. I had to move in with my mother and I actually met my mom. I'm sorry, I met Mitko <laughs> when I was living with my mom at the time. Uh, and but that's such a, gonna... such a typical story. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you, But that, <laughs> you know, as, as an entrepreneur, you're trying, you're failing, you're learning, you're cutting back costs, and then you try again. Right. So for me, I was scared to try again because ah. the impact of the failure was it stayed with me. I had a stable mm -hmm. career in commercial real estate investments for three years. And okay. I'm a very entrepreneurial person. I've always wanted to start a business again. I always see ideas and people ask me to partner with them or start something with them. And I always mm -hmm. find a reason to say no, because deep down I'm, I'm afraid. Um, I understand. Yeah, but Mikko and I did a personal development program where they talked about fear as something that never goes away, but overcoming fear doesn't look like not having it. It looks like not letting it stop you. Definitely. Taking action well instead of having the fear. So when we got married on our wedding day and we got the deed to the family apiary as a symbol from his parents nice i had my first thoughts were what does this mean i don't this is before i spoke <laughs> much bulgarian and i'm like i bulgaria like <laughs> these i don't know anything about either of those things and i'm i'm freaking out i'm like doesn't anyone else in the family want to take over this farm <laughs> and then i remember that conversation about fear and I, I, it stopped me. I said, this is my opportunity to do something different. And it's meaningful. It's, it's, it's about and, a family legacy. And to do it with someone, yeah? It, it's like a, it's safe, yeah. a trusted partner. Because that's yeah. the most important thing in business. And, and who's more trusted than your 
you know, your, your actual partner. Oh my God, <laughs> uh, it's the best thing to be spending all of our time together, like working on something together. So the biggest driver for me to start a business and to move back to my home country with, uh, with Jen has actually been that, the, the possibility of partnership and uh, to like, we were, we were pretty, uh, pretty close and spending a lot of time together before running a business together. But mm-hmm. now it's, we're actually spending 24 seven together. And it's, it's In great. Too. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we, we have the situation we, now. <laughs> like th- that uh, partnership that we are now building through the business is taking our relationship also on the next level. And I'm really grateful for that. And that's driving me, re- really driving me to, to keep, keep doing what I'm doing. That's amazing. I mean, uh, I have so many questions now. I don't know where to start. Okay, let me try. Uh, so, but still making that business decision, right? I mean, I understand there's a family legacy and I want to learn about that, but mm-hmm. also I want to put some other aspect. Uh, if you can just talk after, uh, like, what is, how is the family related? It sounds like a family business. And then the other thing I really want to get into is, okay, still making a business. Uh, Jen, you have already some experience, you know, there's a lot of things involved. You had, I guess you two guys had to research some stuff. Okay, how to open a business in Bulgaria. So mm-hmm. that would be definitely the direction I want to take the conversation mm-hmm. after that. But again, I'm so curious to learn about, about the family involvement. So this is a family business. I have here actually a gift from Jen. When I was mm-hmm. in Plovdiv, uh, she gifted me this very nice, uh, I don't know how to call it. Uh, it's not even a business card. It's such a nice card, which shows me, how much uh, a bee produces in his entire life. And it's such a tiny amount. It, it, it's mind blowing. They're all girls. <laughs> Lifetime. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and uh, I mean, what's the story behind the Bulgarian honey company from the family perspective? And, and is there some kind of know-how in the family or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So beekeeping has been in my family line for four generations. So, oh, wow. um, Pretty much like over over hundred years ago, it uh, and it started the way that we started our company. It started on a wedding. Huh. My great grandmother uh, Zlatan and her husband uh, Atanas uh, received their most most precious uh, wedding gift on their wedding. They received their first beehive, and um, they fell in love in the uh, in in the profession, in, in the, it, it started actually as a hobby. So they fell in love in beekeeping and pretty much since then, in my, that's in my mother's family line. Uh, it, almost everybody was beekeeper. Like, they're about 15. They're about 15 beekeepers, yes. Uh, we started to track the family tree and now we're building a family tree so we can actually visualize that uh, for our own memory and also uh, to share with with uh, our followers and and customers that um, pretty much the everybody for four generation was involved in that and uh, fascinating uh, story and and now to me uh, to my generation like I have uh, four cousins that are uh, running their businesses uh, their uh, beekeeping businesses um, and one of them is actually a huge producer. He has over um, over 500 hives right now. And um, our Impressive. was actually inspired by that, by, by the, like continuing the family legacy and actually even taking it on the next level, how we can share that with the world. Yeah, it, it, I really like the, the idea that you put it in the name. I mean, I'm not going to hide it, right? I'm a Bulgarian, I'm biased. But a Bulgarian cleaning <laughs> company, it, it sounds such a natural name, name and yet uh, it was not taken. It, it's yours now, yeah? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and that's awesome. And, and I, I uh, remember talking to Jane the first time and she, she told me that you want to make this as a global brand. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, it will take time and effort, but you sound so motivated. I mean, again, you overcome a deadly allergy. I mean, that's, that, shows, that shows the dedication. Uh, but then uh, I'm now curious. I mean, Jen, you have the experience uh, together with Mitku. You had to research how easy it is to do business in Bulgaria. How, like, and, and also to choose Plovdiv, because uh, we have also Sofia, we have other cities. 
And you recently make a very interesting vlog. Uh, by the way, to everyone listening, I'll put a link in the episode description to the vlog of uh, Jen and Mitko, really fun and nice, interesting stuff. So how did you choose Plovdiv? And also, there, there was some commitment, I guess, to decide to open a business in Bulgaria. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'll talk about choosing a location first, and then um, Mitko might okay. actually be the better person to talk about the legalities of opening a business here because most of the meetings we had were done in the Bulgarian language and so I mm -hmm. was not the best point of contact for that. Um, but yeah, how do we choose a location? So we wrote in our plan before even moving to Bulgaria that when we move here, we'll spend two weeks traveling around the country and I have already started identifying other beekeepers or other related companies that might be helpful for us to meet and also different lawyers and accountants and we just spent two weeks traveling around bulgaria living around awesome. different neighborhoods and meeting with different people people in the honey export industry um, beekeepers honey producers honey processors and i think Floldo was actually our first stop. A couple of reasons why we like it is because it's one hour away driving from Sofia, which is the yeah, hub true. of Bulgaria, of course. And then also it's one hour driving away from Karlovo, which is where the family apiary is. So uh -huh. to begin, that'll be much more accessible for us. Floldo is a big mm -hmm. enough city where we could have a retail location and build up a strong following, a local following. Yeah, and it's like in the middle of the country, as you said. Uh, sorry, sorry. Mm -hmm. it, it's like in the middle of the country, as you said, and it's well connected. It has very good uh, infrastructure mm -hmm. connections. So, uh, okay. That, and, and you said that Plovdiv was your first location. So you were very, very focused at it from the start. But mm -hmm. I guess like you, you probably landed in Sofia and then just straight, straight away to Plovdiv, right? Mm, no, we stayed in Carlo because it was December. So we uh -huh. spent the holidays in Karlovo before moving to mm -hmm. Plovdiv and it took oh, it's beautiful a, there. a while to find an apartment and just setting it things up logistically. Yeah. And then we, we went straight to work on finding a retail location and fortunately we didn't commit to one and then this coronavirus thing happened. So at least now mm -hmm. we're not paying rent on an empty building. So I think oh, it yeah. worked out. Oh, yeah. We're starting to do online sales right now. That oh, yeah, I, I, a good thing I, to talk about too. Like, um, one of our um, core strengths, I would say, that I mm -hmm. want to share with people is uh, agility and the ability to look how do we adapt. Like when when the that uh, pan, uh, pandemic happened, like pretty much like everything that we were envisioning for the near term future, like how we will start our uh, our journey. We were initially planning to um, sell our honey mostly on fairs and events like that's out of the window now mm -hmm. uh, oh but, yeah but pretty much uh, we didn't we didn't know time like on the on the next day after things started to go bad uh we we started to shifting to like okay how do we sell online now like mm -hmm. for lockdown uh and they're trying to minimize going out even to the grocery store like how how can we make it convenient for them uh to to get our product on their doorstep without getting out yeah um, and um and now uh officially just of yesterday we we finally um launched our first product line and uh, now we're selling online mm -hmm. i actually saw the announcement and i i must say uh the, the 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 packaging the way you did the packaging it's actually really beautiful i mean i i all the credit oh. to Jeff for that i take great oh. pride in <laughs> That. My, well, my bathroom I, was actually an artist. <laughs> ah, okay, another surprise there. Uh, but really, I mean, you know, uh, maybe it's it's something for the local market that uh, packaging in Bulgaria it's a bit more traditional. Maybe don't know. Uh, but it it also always made impression on me how it's uh, just uh, you know yellow orangish kind of uh, ticket uh, labels. Sorry, labels. Mm -hmm. And then I I see your packaging that's colorful. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You know, it's also these jars are, are, they're not small, they're not tiny, but they're, you know, some kind of, I don't know how to say it, like the Finney looks cozy inside it. You know, it's mm -hmm. just something uh, nice, nice packaging, really. Um, so that's awesome. I'll put link to that too for anyone interested. Although I think in the announcement, you said that right now 
you are servicing uh, first the local community and Bulgaria still not... Uh -huh. We're doing free okay. deliveries in Plovdiv and we're shipping via courier for the rest of Bulgaria. We're okay. not yet offering our product um, uh, in other countries just because of the logistics that we're still trying to figure out. Do you want to of talk course. about legally? Oh yeah, that would be an interesting <laughs> topic. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you have difficulties? And also uh, the one thing I already picked up from Jen. Uh, she said that ev almost everything uh, you had to do in Bulgarian or just uh, the accountants when they uh, saw that, uh, oh, one of them is actually Bulgarian, let's not talk in English. Or, or wh what was it, you know? First, before I pass it to Mitko, uh, we did a lot of research ahead of time on lawyers and accountants to interview, and we had a couple of criteria. The biggest challenges for us was hiring someone who understands what we're trying to do and where we're trying to take the business. Like what mm -hmm. the end goal looks like, this big thing we had envisioned. Uh, someone who's bilingual and then someone who really cares about doing things with integrity. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We spend a lot of time finding strategic partners and, and uh, that's how we are choosing to uh, build our business. Like uh, going forward uh, for the people that will be hiring and uh, working with our partners, everybody will be a strategic partner. Um, and and it took a while. Like um, we interviewed like maybe five different accounting firms, mm -hmm. and uh, all of them would have done the accounting, the bookkeeping. Yeah, like yeah. everybody can do it. I think even I yeah. can do it if I spent like maybe a couple weeks. Of weeks of educating myself with the, for with sure. the rules and regulations. Yeah, uh, true. But we're not, we're not looking for that. We're not looking for somebody to just keep the books, but um, somebody that can advise us as our business grows, mm -hmm. like what decisions to make, what would be the most like strategic and beneficial thing for, for us going forward. And uh, we're happy that we finally found lawyer and accountants that are that kind of people. And they communicate uh, with each other. This is something that I learned from Robert Kiyosaki, which is if you don't want to be the person project managing your business, you have to create a team. One, each individual is very competent at what they do, but two, they communicate with each other. They're working together to build your business. So that, we, we found that in the lawyer and accountant that we hired. That's a very good point. Like both, both things that you said from one side, we did the research, and we did the interviews and we knew exactly what you, you were looking for. That's why I put the time and effort and we found that. And the other thing, Jen, that you just said about Kiyosaki and, and this, 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 uh, this idea that, uh, you know, it's not necessary for you to be the project or product manager uh, of your company if you can build a strong team. And of course, to build a strong team, you need to find like-minded people, as you say, trusted partners. And, and I'm just curious now, uh, one, maybe this is a bit too personal, not, uh, you don't have to answer it, but I guess the accountant and the lawyer that you found are from a local practices in Plovdiv, they're not an accountant company or accounting house. Um, so our, our lawyer is uh, actually from Veliko Ternovo, but he also awesome. uh, have a partnering office here in Plovdiv. Um, and our accountant is, um, is like medium-sized firm uh, here in Plovdiv. Okay, awesome. So, so uh, this is a really good example also how uh, you can find trusted partners in other cities of, the, of Bulgaria. And I, I am, I'm liking your story so much because you're showing how there are uh, trusted partners outside Sofia uh, because typically people from abroad outside Bulgaria, they hear more stories about Sofia. But mm -hmm. Sofia is more of a, I would say, a financial hub, if we have to call it something, mm -hmm. honestly, uh, rather than uh, what Plovdiv has. It has a combination of various businesses, family businesses, actually. I don't know mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. you know that, but actually Plovdiv is, has a rich history of family-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. In some way, it is like Germany, <laughs> in mm -hmm. a good way, the good, the good ways. Um, and, and, and to hear your family story that you're bringing that from Karlovo to Plovdiv now, I mean, it's awesome. But still, was it was it a quick commitment to Plovdiv? Like, did you what was what was really the you know that that sold you on the idea of Plovdiv? So location, okay, the nature. I guess uh, it has a different landscape from Sofia, from Veliko Ternovo. But 
I mean, you were going to live there. So mm -hmm. I guess there was also a personal reason to choose Plovdiv. It was not just business, logistics, right? Um, so quality of life. One of the one of the main factors that got us to choose Plovdiv was actually the spirit and the vibe that you get here. So Sofia de definitely has um, good opportunities uh, and um, like very vibrant locations where uh, there's mm -hmm. a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, uh, food traffic, a lot of customers, a lot of shops. But in Sofia, we we couldn't find a place like Kapana in Plovdiv. Um, so technically, that that was the biggest driver. Uh, we what uh, what Kapana is it's this um neighborhood in, uh, right next to the center it's technically in the center um uh, that has like um very hipster looking uh environment a lot of yep. craft shops uh a lot of as you mentioned family businesses very very specialized shops like uh tea shop like um craft brewery bay uh roastery for coffee winery yeah wineries yeah and um like chili chili sauce uh, shop and like all those uh, craft things that our our product is craft it's uh, it's something that is uh distinct from um or our products not just one product um, it's like a custom made product it's still like mm -hmm. you can buy honey from the supermarket but it's not the same right yeah and we're also doing like uh, when i said craft we're also doing like a lot of um experimenting and trying out different combinations like uh, mixing, uh, like mixing the honey with something else. Um, all all the products, of course, that we are using are all natural and and raw ingredients. Um, but it's um, like adding a little bit of a twist to it, still uh, keeping the the distinct taste and and quality uh, characteristics of the honey, but adding a twist of, for example, rose rose oil. Another mm -hmm. um, very famous and and mm -hmm. um, popular uh, Bulgarian product um, and uh, lavender oil uh, is another example. Also, we're doing some infusions with um, turmeric, ginger, um, things like that. Like um, it, the most of the beekeepers in the area um, mm -hmm. are not offering that kind of product. So and um, it's. If I may, you, mm -hmm. well, you you're uh, you're a younger generation than uh, what a typical beekeeper in Bulgaria would be. Mm -hmm. So you have that freedom uh, of mind, open mindedness, and also I think um, like imagination to to try these things. Because also I have not seen uh, the types of honey you mentioned. So mm -hmm. uh, to 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 hear about that, and I also saw it on the labels on on your announcement when you with the photo with the packaging and everything. Uh, so I think the fact that you you are uh, younger generations or we are uh, it it brings something new, right? We we bring some new ideas. Of course, we we leverage the experience of the generations. Of course, you leverage the know-how in your family, but you add something from yourself, right? Some and and some new ideas, innovation, really, because yeah. ultimately we we sell honey. It's our product, but we're not in the honey industry. We're in the experience industry. We're in the cultural exchange industry. We want to use honey as our vehicle to really share all of the things that Bulgarian culture has to offer to the world. And on the flip side, to bring culture around the world to Bulgaria. That sounds awesome. I mean, I really like the idea. Like honey is just one manifestation of what your company is about and what your real product is, which is uh, customer experience. As a, it's awesome. And I also, Jen, I know that, uh, yeah, uh, I know that you have some some interesting ideas that uh, I you know we'll be talking that in future I guess and we'll not we'll not give away stuff uh, yet uh, but but I know that you have prepared some interesting things for for the for the honey product mm -hmm. uh, so I'm I'm curious now again about the uh, Actually, what's your favorite sorry sorry do you mind if I interrupt I just wanted to share for me what my biggest reason for choosing Flovdiv was. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, please do. I think this is going to be really important for all of the foreigners that are considering moving to Plovdiv, mm. but the expat community here is very, very strong. Even before moving here, I would post in the Facebook group and 
in one day there would be five to 20 comments and it's extremely active. There's a lot of socials. There's a entrepreneur networking group that happens once or twice a month. And the expat community is actually why I felt that I could make this place my home. Awesome. Um, and and oh, how do you feel in this? What? To, to complete the topic, uh, because um, we started a lot of topics, but um, to complete that one specifically for why we chose Plovdiv, uh, on the personal side, uh, why uh, why that was compelling for me is like, I, I just love that city. I, I study here. Um, that's uh -huh. where I went to um, university. The uh, university. Before I moved to US. Uh, what, what did you say? Can you repeat? Uh, the technical university, I guess. Yeah, the technical university, exactly. <laughs> and um, uh, it's also closer to my family. So those were the two personal factors for me that uh, compelled me to choose that location. So how do you feel now living, actually living in Plovdiv uh, and, and of course making your business, but spending you know, all your days there, most of your time there in, you know, in that vibe that you mentioned and I can completely understand what you're saying. Uh, it, it's a different vibe from, from the dynamic of Sofia. At the same time, Plovdiv has its own dynamic. Uh, it's it's uh, it's just things are handled in a in a bit different way. Uh, there there's still achievements as as you know. There's big industrial zone there. There's also again as we say a lot of family businesses that that spread from uh, wine and uh, you know different types of uh, consumer products that are actually as you say, craft made or, or they're actually grown there or in the region and, and they're, it's, it's just, it's a different vibe, but how do you feel now living in Plovdiv for everyday, uh, you know, tasks and also going out? Do you find entertainment? Do you find, uh, you know, living there to be what you expected or maybe it was even more? I'll go first. So right outside <laughs> of our window is the old town. We picked nice. that neighborhood to live in and uh, <laughs> the hills are good exercise for sure. <laughs> and Nvetke is right next to, it's a four minute walk away from our apartment. So, some background for the listeners. Uh -huh. uh, Plovdiv is called the city of the seven hills. So there's seven little uh, hills around the city that are pretty much parks. Like most of them you can go for a little walk or a hike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the old town especially is just really, really beautiful with the traditional Bulgarian architecture. And we're 10 minutes walking away from Kapana and the rest of the center. So for me, I we haven't actually bought a car yet. I can get around everywhere walking or using public transportation and I really, really love that. There are always people around when it's obviously not coronavirus, but there's <laughs> always, always people outside. And where we lived before in Santa Clara, it was, you had to commute everywhere. 30 minutes driving was a short commute somewhere. I had to drive to go to the grocery store. And when I'm out and about, people were always up to something, always very busy. And I wouldn't have a lot of interactions with strangers versus here. I think in general, people have been very curious about me because I know you can't see me, but I'm Chinese American, so I don't look <laughs> very Bulgarian. Um, <laughs> and, and people, look at me, they make eye contact with me, they start conversations with me, they ask where I'm from, and I just feel like a lot more engaged with strangers and people here, are, I mean, Polians have a reputation for being Alak, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the local word, yeah. Alak <laughs> um, is um, somebody that um, everybody here in Plodiv knows. It's a state <laughs> of mind. Yeah. It's pretty much like, <laughs> it means chill. Yeah. And like nobody's rushed, nobody's like um, too worried about work or like anything. And just really trying to be centered and relaxed. Which can be a, a negative when you're trying to get something done with business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's why when I, when I was stayed in Plovdiv for longer time last year, I actually came up with a, with a variation of it called I Lack Plus. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not trademarked, but I like Plus is essentially uh, facilitating using the, the Plovdiv vibe where you're more calm, you're, you're more vibrant, but also achieving amazing results while using that calmness and, you know, that chill vibe. Uh, 
so ILAC Plus uh, is the next level of evolution, you know? Uh, and, and back to you, Jen. I mean, uh, so what you're saying actually that uh, the people of Plovif are very welcoming and friendly to you just on the street, like strangers. And I can, I can understand that because in Sofia, typically people uh, from our interviews, uh, we, especially in the third episode uh, with Mark and Brent, they, they, they say people are friendly, people are welcoming. But, you know, Sofia is a bigger city and the dynamic is different. So people are more how to say, uh, rushing to get something done, you know, because of the big distances, as you mentioned. Uh, and of course, I guess uh, S- Santa Clara is uh, way bigger than Sofia, but there are some similarities. So Plovdiv has a different vibe. And, and you say that as a, as a foreigner, you actually feel welcomed uh, from the expat community there and from the, from the local community, that it's, uh, it's all in one. I feel very comfortable here, yeah. And in general, people are very patient with me when I'm trying to speak Bulgarian or... Yeah, that was my next question about the language barrier. Do you feel it? <laughs> well, I, I've been taking Bulgarian lessons for a year before moving here, so I have a bit of a head start. And Impressive. the first time I ever ran my first errand by myself. It was about a month <laughs> after we moved here. We were in Sofia, and I decided to get takeout from a restaurant downstairs from where we were staying. Okay. And it was not the right order, but I was very, very <laughs> proud of myself. And that was the moment when I actually had the confidence to start doing errands on my own. And that was before I had a SIM card, so I didn't have Google Translate on my phone. That was the uh-huh. most delicious somlet ever. Like, <laughs> um, it pretty much looked like a mountain of an omelet. <laughs> okay, that, that's that's such a nice story, guys. I mean, I, I love I love our conversation so far. It's just amazing. Uh, so, Jen, what about the Bulgarian food? And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you away. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm gonna snitch on you because uh, I, I, we we added ourselves in Facebook, so we keep in touch. We organize the call, and you put such an amazing stories, uh, Facebook stories. Of, of what you cook actually that you, you look you look like you're cooking very well bulgarian cuisine so but does that mean you like it because cooking is one thing liking it <laughs> i didn't used to cook a lot before i met mitko actually but ah. now that we're in quarantine especially and he has a couple of other jobs too aside from the honey company which we can talk about later i'm doing most sure. of the cooking and i'm a very creative person in general i use my hands a lot as an artist but cooking was never uh, something I was very comfortable with. So anyway, now I'm, I'm getting creative. And uh, I make some traditional Bulgarian dishes like grilled meats and salads and tarator, which is a cucumber yogurt cold soup. Something yeah. very interesting that I made recently was Bulgarian guacamole. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's something I, I also was surprised by. I, yeah. I <laughs> So we had some avocados. We didn't have salsa, like Mexican salsa. We yeah. didn't have lemons that day. So I used, I had like pomegranate vinegar instead of lemons. And then for salsa, I use nutanitsa, which is like a tomato paste and mm-hmm. the roasted bell peppers that you get in the jars. And yeah, some chili flakes and made Bulgarian guacamole out of that. I think you can trademark that. I think I think no one else did that ever. So that would be a first. But again, they look amazing. So now we have to ask the surviving customer of uh, your dishes, uh, Mitko. So they look amazing on the pictures. How oh, do they, they taste? taste amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so from what I gather, uh, Jen, actually, uh, you didn't find any obstacle of embracing the Bulgarian cuisine. Like I, I'm not sure. Oh, no, uh, I I have obstacles. One of them is back in California, you could buy a giant tub of fresh green baby salad Mm -hmm. and it probably was, it lasts a while in the fridge. So unlike here in Bulgaria where it's probably actually fresh, it only lasts a few days and it comes in small packets. I eat a lot of salad. So I have to buy a ton of little bags very often (laughs) instead of just buying a big tub that'll last me a week. The second biggest challenge with food here is meat. So pork meat is very, very popular here 
and we Americans love our beefsteaks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know, I know. But pork and lamb here are, are very popular, and uh, I also am struggling to find uh, good quality beef. There are some, I can give you some recommendations, stores that you can order. Uh, most of them are in Sofia, yeah. good or worse, but they do online orders. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I feel your pain. I know what you mean. Beef is not that popular all around Europe, but in Bulgaria especially, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we did find a local butcher called Murovkata. Oh, nice. Yeah, they bring in whole cows and age them on site and carve them in front of you. So Ooh. Mitko met with the butcher and they had a conversation about a certain cut that we, we wanted the ribeye cut. So the next time he had a cow, he brought it in and Mitko went to the butcher shop after they'd aged it for 10 days and he literally cut between the ribs until he cut a one that we wanted and took it home. So that's fresh Bulgarian. <laughs> but even, even just uh, unique experience. Even just restaurants, you, you can't find a good steak. It's it's something that you need to look for. Mm -hmm. You can get imported steak from like yeah, actually in Kapana there. Is, yeah, we and we also in Kapana there is one place for sure. In, in Kapana there is one place for sure that has good beef steaks. I have to look up the name because I don't remember it, uh, but, but I know one place for sure has good beef steak. Uh, so beef, yeah, beef, beef, actually, to be honest, uh, when I when like now that I'm thinking about it, the best beef meat I had was in, uh, the one was in Nuremberg, one in Munich, and one in Copenhagen, or was it Malmö? Malmö. So actually, it, it's, it's uh, actually uh, places that import uh, US beef or from the UK, it's really difficult to find good beef in Europe. I completely agree. Maybe that's a business opportunity for someone. We already mm -hmm. have uh, guests on the show say that uh, in Sofia, there's no Mexican uh, restaurant. In Plovdiv, there is. Actually, in Plovdiv, there is. So, uh, but in Sofia, there isn't. And uh, our American guests in the previous episode, uh, yeah, th that, that's the one thing they're missing. That's the one thing they're missing. Mm. Um, so, I mean, to, to me, it sounds like really, like to you, the, 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 the quality of life, the access to fresh vegetables that you can just go out and buy every day in small packages, but it's always fresh. Um, the, the fact that you have these uh, smaller distances, but you have at the same time, Plovdiv is the second largest city, is the industrial hub, it's, it's very business oriented. Uh, I, I like to say this fact, it has uh, the biggest uh, uh, new, newly formed companies, enterprises, mm. per capita. Uh, so more than Sofia, and, and that's, that's amazing. That tells you what the spirit is, right? Uh, so so Plovdiv is, is really, um, it's a different kind of, it's, it's in an own league when I compare it to Sofia, when people ask me, okay, how do you compare it? What's the difference, you know? And I try to give them some idea, but what you're giving as an insight, it's, I think it's far more valuable because you actually made the choice to live there and did your own business there. And, and that's, that's something that I really appreciate that you, you wanted to share with, with us today. Uh, I just want to give you a chance. Is there something else you want to talk about? Some of your experience, maybe you traveled a lot around Bulgaria, as you said. So you visit Veliko Tornovo. I think you mentioned on your vlog that you also visited Gabrovo. Uh, would you like to talk a bit about that and tell what's your impression also from Sofia? I mean, Jen, what's your impression from Sofia maybe, yeah? Um, also to add to um, a little bit more, like I started to look from the perspective of your listeners, like what would they um, see valuable if they're considering to mm -hmm. like, invest in Bulgaria or, or start a business here. Um, I see a lot of freelancers and tech workers here in Plovdiv. Yeah. Um, that's like people from my other industry. My other industry is uh, IT and cybersecurity. And awesome. um, I met so many people that uh, are... Uh, freelancers and they move here because it's cheap like uh, Plovdiv is definitely much cheaper than Sofia and definitely much cheaper than uh, the rest of Europe and um, also uh, like but what so, sorry just to interrupt when, when you when you say cheap you mean that you get more value for your money yeah it's, uh, it's, it's not just it's not just that it's different quality and cheap but actually you correct, get more yeah. for your money and 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 because because I'm going to be honest the the, the beauty of Plovdiv and the the, 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 the restaurants there, I have a favorite restaurant there. So, you know, 
and it's not, it's not that many also in Sofia. So mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that the listeners understand what you mean by uh, affordable. Yeah. Um, when when I meant affordable, I meant more like uh, uh, rent price, uh, like um, cost of living. Cost of living in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like uh, for people that can work remotely um, and like pretty much can work from everywhere around the world, um, it's it's a great place to pick because um, like uh, as we already talked about the quality of life, like the the diversity of variety of uh, things available. So yeah, I thought that that would be also useful for for the listeners. You're absolutely right. Uh, the Plovdiv actually ranked, I think it was last year's uh, expat best locations. So Bulgaria was in top 10 and actually it was in the top 10 uh, with Plovdiv, which was surprising because Sofia also has a lot of expats, but at the same time, maybe it's what Jen mentioned, that the community in Plovdiv is uh, very strong. The expats community is very strong, very helpful. Uh, maybe it, it, it's more active online. Uh, I don't know, but uh, it, it's a fact. For anyone who's considering or wants to get a feel for the expat groups, just join the Facebook groups. Both. I'll put a link to that. Yeah, yeah. good idea, Jen. Perfect. And back to your your question that um, um, we were shifting to. Um, how how rest of Bulgaria is? <laughs> hmm? How rest of Bulgaria is essentially. Yeah, how rest of Bulgaria is. Um, <laughs> Sofia, we really liked Sofia. I think Sofia was our second pick. Um, mostly because of the diversity. Uh, we were Sofia is like really um, European and international capital now. Mm -hmm. It's grown quite a lot uh, in the past few years and um, now it's not any different than, than any other uh, big capital in Europe. Uh, you can, there, there are a variety of experiences, uh, businesses, uh, like products that are available readily available and also people like uh, um, coming from the Silicon Valley where where the diversity is like the first thing you're thinking about mm -hmm. uh, or mm -hmm. you're seeing when you when you're there um, there are people from all around the world like there is no no such thing in California or, or in Silicon Valley there is no such thing as American uh, everybody's from somewhere um, and and that's actually, that, that's what we distinguish as American. It's like the melting pot of everywhere, of the world. And um, in that specific area, I wouldn't say that the whole America is like this, but Silicon Valley is like this. And Sofia is having a lot of qualities like that too. Like uh, mm -hmm. interesting, a lot, of, uh, a lot of people from different backgrounds, from different uh, ethnicity countries. And, and we like that. We like uh, to meet uh, and spend time with different people and to get different perspectives. Uh, and it sounds like it, it matches with what uh, your, your, your vision for, for, for the companies, for your family company, that uh, as Jen mentioned, you want to be some kind of a conduct for, for culture transfer, for, for, for access to different cultures. We'll definitely have to be in Sofia too. And I think it's easier for us to build a name for ourselves in Plovdiv in a smaller market. And once we have that established to open a second location in Sofia, but if we want the world to know about us, we definitely have to be in Sofia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just to yeah. piggyback on what Mitko said too, I think Sofia has just a lot more of everything, more international concepts, businesses. Good to scale. Yeah, true. Yeah, every kind of cuisine you can think of, except maybe Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> like in Plovdiv, for example, it took me a while to find a gym that I wanted to go to. And okay. I ended up signing up for a CrossFit gym, but there are really few. And my trainer speaks English, which, I mean, depending, we checked out a few gyms and they didn't have trainers that could speak very good English. But I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to find that in Sofia, for example. Yeah, we have a lot probably. Of that's a very good point. Like um, in uh, in Sofia, you, you can say like, you can go on the streets uh, and you can go about your day with English. Uh -huh. um, in other cities, it might be a little bit more challenging. Mm -hmm. in Interesting. Both. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, oh, but overall, Jen, did you, did you just, uh, did you uh, have some challenges with the, let's say, 
the younger generation or maybe 20 to 40 or is it in particular with uh, more elderly people maybe some someone at the cashier at the, at the store or something at the, at the city at the municipality at the city administration where you have challenges with the english language or in plovdiv or definitely the city a lot of government workers do not speak english and yep. they request you come with a translator or for me if i i go with mitko of course Mm -hmm. um, with younger people, I would say the majority of them speak English, but when I go outdoors, I just assume Bulgarian only, and I try to use as much as possible just to get practice in. People at the grocery yeah. stores, for example, the cashiers, uh, usually don't speak English. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I wanted I wanted to to strike this point. I, I wanted to ask this question because, as I said in in the beginning, invest in BG as a podcast as an idea is to tell the good and to tell what still needs improvement, right? And and to get the real feel about in this case, Plovdiv, Bulgaria. That I I would like to share with your listeners, which is about payment. If you're thinking of doing a company that you're selling goods or services, which is probably every company, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. goods, actually. Payment here, it, credit cards are not that popular here. True, true. Debit cards too. I mean, credit's even more unpopular. Um, for us, we're getting paid mostly cash upon delivery, like courier services. The big ones here are Speedy and Account. Mm -hmm. You first set, get the order, either over the phone or over the internet, you mm -hmm. deliver the product to wherever they are, and then they pay the delivery person for your product and the delivery. Yeah. So yeah. that was a, a new concept for me because before <laughs> it's you you pay when you order it online. True. Um, so so there is a shift in that. So so this is an interesting thing. Uh, actually, okay. Let I want I want I want to target this topic because uh, real quick and then. I'll move to, to, to uh, the conclusion of our episode, but it's so, so fun and interesting talking to you guys. So uh, it's interesting because most across Europe, uh, with the exception of the UK, uh, credit cards are not that popular. In Germany, I had the same situation uh, because I had a business there. Uh, credit card was something they, they want to give you, but it's not something uh, that, that, that's uh, included by default in your business account. They, they actually had to ask me, would you like it? And I'm like, yeah, I travel a lot. It's good for hotels, renting a car. Uh, so, 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 but it's also true what you just said that um, the mindset and the way business operates here because of the local couriers, right? Speedy and account that you mentioned, the way things happen is they deliver something to someone. He has the right to uh, some kind of check it if it's uh, not broken or if it's in good condition. And then they say, okay, I accept it and they pay. But what's changing now in Bulgaria, of course, a lot more online payments are happening and you can uh, have, let's, let's say the American way, uh, which is essentially they make the order, they pay it and they just uh, get it delivered. They don't have to check anything. They just get it delivered to their uh, doorstep. And now with this situation that we have right now, uh, I guess you already noticed uh, businesses are very heavily oriented toward, toward online uh, selling and also people, even, even generations in Bulgaria that, that didn't want to use online shopping. I hear stories from around my neighborhood and other friends just they're actually you know they're going to online shop so actually for a company like yours the Bulgarian clinic company you have now a bigger reach to customers which previously would not purchase online but now they will because of this situation so as everything a crisis unfortunately but also an opportunity so uh, this is very good input Jen it, it's definitely something local uh, that, that's, that's different. Uh, and th there's definitely something that's a bit more European with the debit cards. Uh, really good point. Thank you. Uh, so for conclusion, I like to ask this question. So I really would like to have you one year from now again on the podcast. And uh, what do you think would be our topic or what uh, would you, how do you envision uh, what would be our topic of conversation? What would be the news that you would like to share or the announcement? Maybe it would be something about the Bulgarian honey company. Maybe it would be the branch in Sofia, or maybe it would be completely different, but like one year from now, uh, what do you think uh, we'll be talking about? Uh, I'll start because um, um, like Jen has bigger visions and dreams. So <laughs> I, I want to build up to her. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> to what she's gonna say. 
uh, not to say that mines are, are small, but it's just, <laughs> we'll, we'll start with me. Um, Different scale. <laughs> so by, by a year, uh, we'll have our uh, store location open. Um, we'll have um, a larger scale, um, larger scale online um, store. And also what we're, what we're envisioning probably for shorter term than, than a year, pretty much as soon as uh, um, the situation with the pandemic has somewhat stabilized, we would uh, we will start to offer experiences. As Jen mentioned earlier, uh, our company is not just about uh, a product. We will be offering experiences like honey tasting or pairings, like uh, some some little ordeovers made up, made with honey, um, something like that, where where you're uh, will offer to the customer something exceptional and different that they, you can't find anywhere else, and um, and we'll be talking like uh, in a year from now uh, on this podcast we'll be talking about like what's next. We'll be talking about um, um, pretty much like maybe uh, how we're. Uh, growing to the world, like with uh, with that part of our vision, like uh, making Bulgaria known around the world with its honey. Uh, I think that will be awesome. that will be our direction in a year from now. I would say specifically California would be one of the first places we want to get to. We have a big following there. We have a lot of friends and community waiting to buy our honey <laughs> back home. And awesome. Yeah, when we have a retail store, our vision with that is to create the most Instagrammable place in Bulgaria. I mean, you've seen our labels. I like that. It is going to be a destination. When people search top 10 on TripAdvisor, our honey company is going to be on there. That's <laughs> awesome. I mean, there's a lot of remodeling what I have envisioned, so I don't think one year from now it's going to quite be there. But that, that's what we're building towards is having... But we'll be able to talk more about it. Yeah, like a honey museum, playground, shop, experience site. It's not yes. just... A, a store where you come and buy honey. It's really a destination. I, I even see them doing their wedding photo shoots in our honey. <laughs> I mean, this is what I have envisioned. So that that's awesome. I mean, I, when Mitko kept kept going like and and we'll be talking and about this and about that, and I'm like, oh, I just want to see how Jen will top that. And you, did. <laughs> <laughs> and you just did. Mitko was right. Guys, you're you're amazing. I mean, I like your positive. Experience vibe I, I like the the vision that you have for your business and i'm i'm so happy that you decided together to do it in bulgaria of all the places and thank you for sharing your feedback with everyone who will be listening great it was great to have you and uh till next time thank you okay, for having thank us thank you for having us it was great till then <laughs>